0: Welcome to the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast. As investigators and mediators focused on regulatory and workplace conflicts, we have seen a thing or two and learned a thing or two. In each episode, we will be speaking with industry leaders in regulation, human resources, and law, as well as thought leaders and top performers in investigations and mediation. We bring our audience interesting and cutting-edge information on conflict management as it relates to professional regulation and workplace disputes. This industry is one of many views, and we have to say that some views shared by our guests are not necessarily shared by the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast, its host, or sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bernard and Associates, trusted investigation and mediation professionals since 2004. Now here's your host, Dean Bernard.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast. I'm so happy you've decided to tune in for this episode. Today, our guest is Emma Marriott. Now, Emma is the founder and principal consultant of Iris, which is a company that works with small to medium sized business owners and operators that prioritize their employees and are serious about improving their employer reputation. The whole point of Emma's approach with Iris is putting your people first and helping their clients build positive employer brands from the inside out. And in a moment, you're going to see why we're talking to her. The IRIS team offers human resources assessments that take a deep dive into companies' human resources functions. The assessments offer a fresh external perspective on strengths, opportunities, and risks across all areas of HR. IRIS's assessments are custom-tailored to each unique business, and they also offer custom-tailored fractional human resources support. Now today, Emma's going to talk to us about the importance of building your employer brand. And of course, I'm going to be asking what she means by that, because it sounds like it's very important. It sounds like it's something we all need to be doing. And I want to learn a little something about this from her. And I think you're all going to find this quite interesting and worth a listen. Now, before we get there, let me tell you a little bit about Emma. Emma is a human resources person. Yeah, surprise, another one. (laughs) We have a lot of human resources folks come onto the show, each with their own unique perspective and some interesting takes on things. And so Emma is no different. She's got some really unique perspectives on things for us as well. And today, what we're going to do is talk about new and better pathways to change and success. And this is what Emma and the work that she does is all about. Emma holds a Bachelor of Management degree with a focus on human resources from Western University and is a certified human resources leader through the Human Resources Professionals Association. Emma actually co-hosts Collaborative Connections, which is an HR peer group focused on building local connections. The group meets bi-weekly to share thoughts, challenges, and resources to improve the human resources deliverables of the organizations that the group serves. Now, she not only is a member of the HRPA, but she's an active one. She serves as the chair for the student liaison and mentorship chair with HRPA's Guelph and district chapter. So we're really pleased to have you join us today, Emma. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Dean. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: Well, we're glad you came and let's just dive right in. For starters, can you tell me what you mean when you say employer brand? I mean, we all hear about branding and making our brand recognizable. But, you know, that's typically geared at marketing in most people's minds. So what are you talking about when you talk about employer brand?
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. And I mean, a little bit of what I do talk about is definitely marketing with more of an HR people spin on it. And I think that's exactly it. I think there is so much more potential to spark more conversations about employer brands from that HR lens. And so when I say and when we're talking about employer brand today, I'm talking about the way in which organizations differentiate themselves in the current labor market. So all those things include enabling businesses to attract, recruit, retain and engage the right people. So simply put, it's how a company markets themselves to desired job seekers and potential clients as well. You know, having that positive employer brand communicates that the organization is a good employer and also a good place to work where people want to be. And I mean, who doesn't want that type of advertisement? It kind of flows from there, right? And with social media kind of growing and growing, there's so much opportunity to kind of leverage what's going on in the workplace and what those day-to-day kind of interactions and things look like. And right now, in terms of the HR world, the recruitment market is so hot. And that's all I hear. Like, everybody's just recruiting right now. And it's crazy. And I find people are struggling to find the right fit, the right talent, And the workforce is changing. And so I would say if you're posting a job ad and waiting for the right person to apply, you're probably already behind in the kind of war for talent right now. To kind of answer the second piece of your question, I would also add that where possible, it is so beneficial for marketing and HR to kind of partner together and share their employer's people brand. And it goes beyond, at least for me, it goes beyond those kind of logos, the colors and taglines. I'm kind of more talking about the real authentic stories of your company's people. So as a quick example, if you have like a recognition program and you're empowering your workforce to share their stories and thoughts on social media. So for example, if your office celebrates birthdays, and that's a really big deal to your company, you know, post about it, share it, share the lead up, the planning, what kind of effort was put into it, the excitement and then the outcome, because I'm sure you have a really happy coworker on the other side of that kind of birthday celebration. And then in essence, all of those stories do become part of your kind of employee value proposition. Holistically, I think people remember and gravitate more towards stories than they do a handbook or a presentation when they're hired. Right. So yeah, and if you're kind of getting into the groove and you have a system and you're kind of sharing those stories regularly, it also showcases your culture and company's pulse kind of consistently. And then you're kind of always fresh in people's minds and people are talking about those things. They love to hear stories. They love those feel good stories. And then the brand kind of becomes, you know, what your company communicates as its identity to both those potential and current employees. And then, of course, everything from that H.R. lens, it encompasses, you know, an organization's purpose, the mission, the vision, the values and the principles. And basically it is like the culture and the personality. And yes, our brands have a personality and the personality belongs to every person that makes up your company. And I would also add kind of as a side note here, if a company isn't putting a message out there, others are doing it for you. So what I mean by that is basically, you know, from that recruitment lens, if you're ghosting candidates, I would encourage you to kind of take a step back. And yes, we all get busy in terms of, you know, sometimes we drop the ball on those recruitments, and we have a lot of things going on. And really, it's taking a look at it from a, how does that candidate feel after that experience? And we also need to take into consideration that that candidate is also sharing those feelings, those thoughts, the businesses' behaviors, and th- that experience on a whole with their networks and through their social media platforms. And it spreads like wildfire. So the reach of all of these things that your company does is probably far more than you realize or maybe intend them on being.
1: Well, that does make a lot of sense. I respect a lot of what you said there. Many of us built our businesses on, you know, word of mouth to attract clients. And I can see how that can work against us in the battle for talent.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I might spin on that, too, if I can. It's if you're choosing to kind of showcase that a great place to work that cares about their staff, you know, your clients are going to notice they're more likely going to engage and they are also more likely to recommend you as a place to work to their networks, to their families, to their communities. And networks are powerful. Organizations need to leverage both their people's and their clients' networks.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. And so in terms of the issue of marketing ourselves, let's hear some more insights. (laughs) What else can you tell
0: us? (laughs) In terms of, you know, I have a, a fond memory of an employer I used to work at. And though we didn't have a chance to advertise per se, we did kind of have really great employee testimonials. So what happened there was people just talked. To their networks, they love talking about their work experience. They love talking about having an employer where they felt like they were cared about. We tried to work with them and come up with creative ways and programs, initiatives to meet business needs and also meet employee needs. And I mean, with that consistently as the HR kind of person there, I had probably at least one or two people kind of throwing their hats in, reaching out to me, wanting to learn more, wanting to know if we were hiring, everything. Like they were excited about the team. They wanted to learn. They wanted to know more about the work we did. And really that was just organic word of mouth, people talking. In this instance, it was the people that amplified our brand because we weren't doing it ourselves. And so you can imagine like how much more heightened it could have been had we kind of leveraged that opportunity and started doing it ourselves. And I think, too, on the flip side, when you're an employer of choice and an employee moves on, companies know that they're getting a high quality candidate. So in that case, when I had people, you know, choosing to leave, people were calling us for reference checks, but they already knew they were getting a high quality candidate. And the question became, how are you guys doing it? Like, what are you guys doing that maybe we can do over here? And so those were really interesting conversations on those reference checks. And yeah, and I mean, again, if you're an employer of choice, you know that people will be reaching out, trying to kind of get your employees to come work for them, because they know that you have such great, cohesive and high producing team.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be too happy about people trying to poach my people uh, (laughs) from my team, but everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. That being said, though, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that still feel but it's very much a transaction. You work, I pay you, be thankful. And that mm-hmm. unfortunately is uh, an attitude that's probably still pretty pervasive out there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is. And I would be willing to bet that folks in those types of, you know, you work, I pay you engagements, they're not engaged in that work. I kind of operate on the lens of people want to know and feel like they add value to an organization and they want to work towards a greater purpose. And so people want to do well and they want to contribute. They want to learn new skills. I mean, now more than ever, I think people want to bring themselves into the workplace and share that with people. People wanting to feel seen, heard and valued. There's no better way to do that than to focus your attention and marketing your people. And so like we've talked about, that employer branding piece affects recruitment of new employees, that retention piece and the engagement, because it's not always about the money. And so if you're doing other things to keep your employees engaged, chances are they're going to think twice about jumping ship just to get like whatever X amount of raise at the next place for sure. And I think, too, in my previous story, you know, that strong employer brand helps businesses compete for the best talent and establish that credibility. And it's not only amongst the candidates, but also across other businesses. And it cuts down on hiring costs, it supports the talent retention and drives business success. And yeah, and I think too, like building on, you know, sharing your people's stories in an authentic way that's true to you and your business, because for every business, it will be different. I think fundamentally, the trust is so important and it's that human feeling that's behind you know building and strategizing your employer brand it's all a trust building opportunity so when we're talking about showcasing in person events staff appreciation events days weeks all those things that you know you care about as a business sharing those positive brand images you know showcasing even positive client reviews and experiences can all help to build trust and it's kind of that opportunity to hold yourself your business accountable as well as have others hold you accountable. And social media can be leveraged as a tool to practice kind of what you preach and get clear on the why.
1: Right. I love that. I love it all. You know, it's funny because what you're talking about is the very reason why our company has actually spent the last year going through the process of getting B Corp certified, which by the way, if you're not familiar with B Corp, it's an arduous process, but you know, and <laughs> oh, it's trust me, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Before that, we did great places to work, which is also good. And what we wanted was something that really spoke to the company's whole footprint. The difference we make in society, sustainability, underserved communities, commitment to DEI, all of those things are really very important. And I think that if you have a group of employees who are as committed to those things as the company is, then you really start to feel like you're on a mission. And as you said, it's not transactional. It's not well, I do a job and I get paid for it. They Mm -hmm. feel like they're part of something bigger and they are part of something bigger. So I really love that. And I think that people want to be part of companies that demonstrate their commitment to the community and the broader society. And really, it goes beyond just the bottom line.
0: Yeah, for sure. i love to hear that, Dean. Like, I think that's a lot for you and your group to be proud of in terms of that B Corp certification. What an accomplishment. So good for you. And it sounds like, like you were saying, it's in alignment with the company's overall purpose, which sounds like everybody is kind of connected to. And I think, too, when we have organizational or even personal purpose, and I think they kind of work fluidly together, things seem to kind of fall into place so much easier. So your point about people wanting to be part of companies that demonstrate a commitment to the community and broader society that goes beyond the bottom line is so important right now. I think marketing from a people lens builds trust and folks on the outside can really get a good look and feel into the authentic workplace versus being sold something that may not be accurate in one single interview. The risk and cost associated with this comes in when folks are hired and, you know, are leaving or maybe are not the right fit in three to six months time. And I know most of us have had a bad hiring experience. And again, I'm willing to bet that typically those bad hires are due to fit. And again, that's operating from my premise of I do really believe that people want to come to work to do their best and produce great work. And when there's not a good fit, there's definitely other factors at play that kind of play on that performance piece. And the last piece, too, like employee testimonials are such a great and true sense of what it's like to work at a company. And I mean, on the flip side, too, candidates can and may self-select out of applying to your company if they can't see themselves there. And that's okay too.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, sometimes the decision on the right person for the job, so to speak, isn't necessarily the employer's decision, but the person who's mm-hmm. contemplating applying. So that makes a lot of sense. So so yeah. talk to me a little bit about how companies can begin to move in this direction. What are some of the things that they can do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a first great step in any of this is kind of to think about and plan and have these types of conversations. One way I like to think about it is kind of if we're looking at your workplace today. What stories would you share on social media about your workplace? And I think if that's a hard question to answer, or maybe you don't have a whole lot to go off of, or maybe there's, you know, a gap between perceived and the real culture, then I think there's likely room for improvement. And that's okay. It's all those conversations and the new ways of thinking or maybe ways of being creative about the business can help fuel the momentum on that one. And yeah, and I think another big piece too, that is maybe sometimes more overlooked than what we'd like it to be is getting your current workforce engaged in these types of initiatives. And I think it's everybody's responsibility. So what that could look like, you know, talking to your current workforce, like i said before gathering employee testimonials whether they're written or video video can go a long way social media these days as well and sharing them sharing them on your website social media channels that the company leverages and you know doing surveys and so really hearing listening and acting on the things that you hear from your people and showcasing your current employees and all the great things they do for your company so showcasing those values and recognition programs and so if somebody went well above and beyond serving a client like what did that look like and what did this person do and all those pieces and maybe how as a company did you reward them for living so truly into those values and you know things like mm-hmm. sharing exciting employee milestones and events so like those retirement parties things like that and i i remember uh when we think about a story from a brand it was a local brand but they had an employee that was leaving and basically he was going off to school to do an apprenticeship so in the trades and his employer gifted him a set of like tools that he would need in his first kind of next step job career. And I was like, wow, what a fantastic way to say, you know, we're here for you. We support you. And let's kind of, you know, share this with the world. And I thought that was a really great way and a great story. And I mean, I still remember it. So
1: (laughs) I love that. I mean, it's interesting because we had an employee recently decide to leave our employee, but it was one of those situations where you can't blame the guy. I mean, he just had an amazing opportunity presented to him that anybody in their right mind would be foolish to walk away from. Mm -hmm. And he was so grateful when we had the conversation because rather than be upset about it, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you because Mm -hmm. we need to be happy for our people. I get it. You know, a business is not a family. When I first started my company 20 years ago, that's how I used to say. I envision a business that will be like a family. It, mm-hmm. It's never a family. I mean, it's a bit naive to think that business and that can be a family, but it can be a community, I think. It can be a group of people that really have each other's backs and really care about each other in terms of their overall well-being. So I just love all these ideas and especially the idea of having the staff or the employees of the organization engaging in this. Hmm. It doesn't always have to be an organizational initiative. So yeah, these are just fantastic ideas.
0: Yeah. Because I'll bet your staff are probably doing it already. (laughs) You might not know about it. Yeah, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's so many more ideas out there and so many more probably great examples that, you know, companies do that don't always involve a whole lot of money, which is, I think, great. But I mean, things and projects like creating video content of the workplace, doing a tour of your office, clips of an all staff meeting, or if you're in a product, like videoing the process and the creation of a product and workflow, I think is really cool, even from a customer standpoint, to learn more about the back end kind of inner workings of a company. So leveraging social media again, but it goes so much further than just posting and like letting it sit. So it's an opportunity to kind of join in the conversation. So really responding to both of those positive and negative reviews in a timely manner. And again, I think as a company, if the kind of lower like a three star review or something didn't go so well or somebody didn't have a great interaction or experience with the company, instead of ignoring and disengaging a response that often can leave others looking into it and being that kind of breach in trust by no responsiveness. So I think there's always an opportunity to kind of build on those negative reviews just as much as there is on the positive reviews and encouraging comments and feedback from job seekers as well as clients and act on it like we've already talked about before. I think just the momentum, once you do it a little bit and it might be uncomfortable at first kind of asking these things, and it is a vulnerable kind of position to open yourself up and ask for you know, advice, feedback, ways to continue to improve. But I think it just shows kind of that commitment and dedication to building trust and credibility and asking people what they think of your company and your employer brand. So being specific in your questions and ask how you might improve and support the improvement and kind of always closing the loop on those pieces.
1: Again, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Sure, it's a little bit of a time investment, but this is the kind of thing that can really make a difference. And it's not complicated or anything. I think it's just terrific. And so in terms of getting these processes moving forward and and doing these things, really everything you're saying sounds pretty simple.
0: Yeah, in a lot of ways, it is. (laughs) I think being authentic is probably my biggest piece of advice if we're kind of taking this whole conversation and trying to apply it to a workplace because people will always see through inauthenticity. So, you know, building that employer branding strategy that celebrates your people in a way that you actually want and enjoy celebrating your people. So it has to make sense and it has to be authentic. And I think without people... There would be no business.
1: That's so true. In fact, one of my business mentors recently, he asked me, what's the most critical component of your business? And I answered the clients. And Mm -hmm. he said, well, they're very important. But he said, your people within your business are number one, because without them, you can't serve a single client.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Dean, I'm curious, like, how has this kind of played out for you? And how does kind of Bernard and Associates demonstrate that their people are number one versus like the clients are number one?
1: I think for us, and I'm going to try to be authentic here. I think for us, it's a work in progress. I mean, I do think that Mm -hmm. we've tried very hard to create an environment for our staff and our employees that's warming and inviting and where they're included, where they have the opportunity to participate in decision-making. But, you know, if I'm being honest, I think there's certainly things we could have done better and that we are trying to do better moving forward. It's always a work in progress, right? So I think if I was to ask some of our people the question, do you feel like you're part of something bigger? I think they would all say yes, just by virtue of the the nature of the work we do is all about helping people. It's a conversation I think we have to continue to have.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think you're so right, like in terms of it's all a process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what, Emma, this has been a really interesting conversation. And in some ways, I feel validated in terms of what <laughs> we're doing at, at our company. But at the same time, I've picked up a few ideas here and a few thoughts about some of the things we could do moving forward. So thank you so much. It's been just amazing. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm sure, you know, our, our listeners are probably a little curious about Emma. What can mm-hmm. you tell us about what you like to do when you're not working?
0: <laughs> For sure. I'd be happy to. When I'm not working, my life is, well, I have three girls, five and under. So it's, Oh, wow. (laughs) That's another job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, well, when I'm not working, I mean, it's all kind of work. But I guess when you love it, it doesn't become so much work anymore. But I would say, yeah, my life is kind of beautifully chaotic all the time, is how I like to put it. But I do, I kind of, I'm that self-care obsessed person. So I make a point to kind of mindfully start my days. At five before my kids wake up and just kind of enjoy that quiet time, whether it's yoga or a walk or a workout or just reading, it's all nice before the kind of chaos starts at 6 30. <laughs> and then kind of going into full blown mom mode until nine and then back on again at three. So, yeah. And I mean, work wise and having three kids, it's to me, it was important to kind of keep that flexible schedule and really be there and show up for my kids. And yeah. So, I mean, The first few other things, like we're busy between swimming lessons, library time, art classes, things like that. My kids are trying to figure out what they're into and what they enjoy and things like that. So it's good fun. (laughs) I'm actually just getting back into hot Pilates now. And I tried Bikram yoga the first time the other day. I don't know if you do yoga at all or (laughs) into that stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? I My brain would love me to do yoga. My body probably wouldn't let me. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave the yoga at that. But
0: uh, it's a, I've tried yeah. it. I've tried it. <laughs> it's a process, you know. It's a, in and of itself. It's a process. And I will Absolutely. say it was very challenging. But it was a treat. Like it's kind of chasing that feeling you feel afterwards. And yeah, really, like I just hope to kind of instill some of those positive habits in my girls along the way. And Yeah. So my husband and I, like we live in Kitchener, so I do love, I'm a people person too. So in terms of, you know, I do love to get out into the community, spend time, you know, volunteering. I am a part of Kitchener Rotary as well. So we do a lot of community kind of events and giving back. So I like to get involved in those kind of projects too. And really like my work allows me to help people be at their best. And I hope that this conversation kind of sheds some more light on a little bit more about who I am and the person behind, you know, Iris website and the LinkedIn page. (laughs) So (laughs) I hope folks feel like they've learned a little bit more about me and what I'm about. And yeah, people can always reach out. I love to talk about this stuff. So
1: and, you know, the reason I asked the question about what people like to do in their own time is because I think, again, you know, part of networking and part of creating relationships and, and partnerships, even in business, we have to make connections in lots of different ways. And and sometimes mm-hmm. that's just having common interests or common ideas and, and things. It can be a, a great way to make a connection. So I think that's amazing. And I have to tell you, Emma, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I really want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and your expertise. Your insights were really helpful. And I'm confident that our listeners are going to want to connect with you. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, so I would say folks can reach me on LinkedIn or the IRIS site is iris, so I-R-I-S dash h-r dot com.
1: Great. And on LinkedIn, I guess just your name?
0: Yes, just the name.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks again and I guess that brings us to the end of another episode folks and I want to thank you all for listening to the podcast and we've got a lot of great content lined up for future episodes and I really hope that you'll continue to tune in and and listen but at the same time send us your feedback. And now I'm going to take a page out of Emma's book although I do this at the end of every episode anyway, but Emma one of the things I always ask people to do is send us their feedback, send us their ideas, tell us what mm-hmm. we're doing right, but more importantly, tell us what we're doing wrong or tell us what we can do better so we can continually try to improve so folks yeah. that's that message again constant never-ending improvement is what we're all about here and your feedback definitely helps all of our mm-hmm. podcasts are put on the youtube channel bernard and Associates. it's actually called bernard associates youtube channel it has lots of great stuff on it so please take a look and of course our podcasts are on all the major podcast directories and you can reach me on linkedin at Dean Bernard and through our website at bernardinc.com. So once again, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on the We've Seen the Thing or Two podcast.